Hello and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. Thank you for joining me as we walk devotionally through the New Testament, chapter by chapter, book by book. Now today we end a week by beginning a new book. And so uh, yesterday we wrapped up the book of Ephesians, a wonderful book written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. And now we're going to look at another letter, a letter by Paul. This one is written to the book uh, or to the church in Philippi. Now, this letter is sometimes called the letter of friendship or the letter of joy. The Apostle Paul, he is full of gratitude for this church. They have cared for him in his imprisonment. In fact, he's writing this letter to them while he is, in fact, imprisoned. And he has a deep affection for the Philippians. These people, they looked after him in his need. They have, they have sent aid to him in his need. And uh, they've shared ministry with him. They've partnered with him in, in ministry. And so one of the, the major characteristics of this letter is really this heartfelt warmth the Apostle Paul has for this church. These people are incredibly dear to him. And he seems to be incredibly dear to them. And so he's writing to them in part because they're concerned for him. They're concerned because he is, well, he's in prison. He's in prison. And um, this is not like, uh, you know, you're in prison, you have a nice bunk and you have uh, three meals a day. This is, uh, this is an ancient world prison. This could be pretty terrible conditions with uh, the state not very concerned about providing very much for you. And so churches like the Philippians, people, other Christians have been supporting him. But I want you to see today, I want you to see Paul's perspective on his imprisonment. I and mean, we could think, man, this is terrible. This guy is, he's doing the work of the Lord and he's in jail. What a, what a terrible situation. But that's not how Paul sees it. You know, when we looked at Ephesians, we looked at being thankful for everything always to God. Well, Paul here, this is the reality. Paul is practicing what he preached to the, to the Ephesians. Let me show you what I mean. If you were to turn to Philippians chapter 1, verses 14, or excuse me, 12 through 14, here's what Paul says. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to, to me has really served, check this out, to advance the gospel. His imprisonment has served to advance the gospel. Verse 13 so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. I just, I love this perspective. I love how Paul, he's able to see past the, in, the temporal, the, the temporary situation to the eternal, the spiritual, the lasting reality. He says, I want you to know that me being thrown in prison, it actually has served to advance the gospel. The testimony of Jesus is advancing. People are coming to faith. He says, it is known throughout the whole imperial guard this is the imperial guard. This is the, 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 the guards for Caesar that guard Rome, that guard Paul. They're guarding this, this prison. And all of them, as well as the rest, rest of the prisoners, the rest of the, the other guards, the rest, they, they know that his imprisonment is for Christ. See, Paul's not a murderer. He's a forgiven murderer. 
Paul, Paul's not in prison for murder, though. He's not. He's not in prison for thievery. He's not in prison for for countless other you know offenses and crimes. He is in prison because he preaches a crucified and risen Savior. He preaches the Messiah. He preaches Christ. And, and look at how this has an impact on the rest of the church. It says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. They see Paul being bold in prison. And you know what they say? Well, you know what? I'm going to preach too. I see a brother standing strong, willing to pay a terrible price for the gospel. And so look at me. Look at me. I'm, I'm playing it safe. I'm playing it easy. You know what? I need to be bold in my faith. This reminds me of up north in Canada when a handful of pastors were, they were imprisoned during COVID lockdowns for preaching the gospel. And you know what happened is, is other people became, they became emboldened. They said, you know what? This ain't right. And, and I'm not going to allow this to intimidate me. In fact, I'm going to allow this to embolden me. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach Christ. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to open up my church. They preached Christ because Paul was willing to pay the price for preaching Christ. Now, this is our ancient way for our modern day. It's twofold. The first side then, the, the first aspect I want you to see is that, that we are reminded once again that God uses what the world means for evil. He uses it for good. This is, this is Joseph's story we, we, at our church. We preached through it early in 2022. And we talked about how Joseph went from being a victim to being a victor, right? He was, he was uh, sold into slavery. He was falsely imprisoned. What a victim. But he, that wasn't his identity. And then he became a victor. You know, he became the second one in, in command of the known world at that time. That's pretty amazing. But really, what he ended up being was not a victor, but a vessel. A vessel for God's work through him. This is how Paul sees himself. He's not playing the victim card. He, he's a victor in his mind because the, the gospel is being proclaimed even more because he is in prison. In fact, if you were to go further in chapter one, you would see that there are some who preach Christ for selfish reasons. Listen, Paul says, hey, they're preaching the gospel. God bless them. He's not upset. His whole goal is to see the gospel go forward because he has an, an, an eternal perspective. He knows that what people need more than anything, what our friends and our neighbors and our family members and our enemies, what the government and what our schools, what they need more than anything is to know the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. So the first side then is to see that God will use what the world means for evil. He will use it for good, for gospel advance. But here's the second thing. As we read this, we should be inspired to share the gospel. Maybe you've been beating around the bush. Maybe you've been timid or maybe you've been afraid to share Jesus. Maybe you have a burning passion in your heart for someone to come to know the Lord, but you haven't said boo about Jesus. I would like this to serve as a, as a spark under your feet to get, to get you moving. I like you, when this video comes to a conclusion, your assignment is to take a moment and pray that God would give you opportunity to, to share the gospel with a specific person, get someone in mind, pray for them, and then I want you to, to figure out a way to orchestrate your schedule so that in the next few days, you spend time with them. You spend time with them. Go take them out for dinner, take them out for a cup of coffee, and trust that God will give you an opportunity to share about spiritual things, to share about Jesus and his love and his death and his resurrection. See, ultimately, ancient way for our modern day, we are people who our job is to the glory of God to 
share the gospel. There's, there's nothing really that compares the side of heaven. Yes, we worship. Yes, we glorify God. That, that's, the, that's the ends. But the means is us sharing the gospel so more and more people bring glory to God. This is the ancient way for our modern day.